This is a podcast from Rover. Good morning to you. If you've just joined us, welcome into part two of Rex. It is Rural Exchange, of course, the podcast also heard on Today FM between six and eight Saturday and Sunday mornings. Yes, you can listen back any time to the Farming and Rural Show that brings together all corners of the country and bridges that urban-rural divide if, it's, if it actually does exist. Of course, uh, not sometimes forgetting the old rural-rural divide, which needs a bit of a, uh, a little bit of a tickle-up occasionally as well. All the thanks to Carter's Tyres, the agricultural tyre specialist. Visit carterstyres.co.nz or call 0800 uh, for cars. Yeah, great to have uh, your company. Coming up uh, later on this hour, uh, we are going to speak uh, to uh, Greg Payrou. Uh, we've got this uh, situation. He's uh, one of the finalists coming up at the uh, at the uh, f- uh, field days uh, in the innovation uh, side of things. So that's Omni-Eye, Artificial Intelligence, uh, quite fascinating. That is one of the interviews coming up this hour. We're also going to catch up with uh, Nathan Guy out of the Horofenua Kapiti. But New Zealand and Australia are now on the same page when it comes to the standards of our wool harvesting, harvesting industries. Staffing shortages and, of course, is promoting the industry in general. Now, a memorandum of understanding has been signed between our elite wool industry training and two of Australia's major industry players, Chief Executive and former world champion shearer himself, Tom Wilson, joins us now. Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm very well, Hamish. Thank you. Yeah, great to have you here with us. Uh, Of course, uh, joining me, I'm in the the Auckland studio. Uh, Rebecca is in the Palmerston North studio, but she's just made her way over from, uh, well, pretty much heartland shearing country over the sort of Hawke's Bay wire app, Pongaroa. So she'll no doubt want to dive in with a a few questions, Tom. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. We're sheep farmers or sheep and beef, but yeah, yeah obviously that's oh. something I'm very invested in. I was just thinking, this, yeah. there's always been some pretty handy, like from the wire up in Hawke's Bay, some pretty handy shearers, haven't they? And there's always been big tallies done in some of those big old farms over there as well. But I'll, I'll digress and get back to that in a moment. Tom, you're, you're hoping what we've got here will be a big step to addressing uh, particularly the global shortage of school, skilled uh, wool shed workers and labourers. Yeah, well, it really, uh, it's it, it's an ongoing problem, but it, it's been amplified, obviously, over the the uh, last couple of years with COVID, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and um, you know, the the peak periods of shearing in New Zealand are are always a a problem to get qualified staff. And um, you know, the the Australian seasons are the they're having the same problems, but at different times. So we sort of um, thought it might be a, a good idea to get things together and maybe we could um, share a bit of uh, knowledge and staffing when, when it was needed. Yeah, one of the major issues, I guess, here and in Australia and then, of course, with the, the Northern Hemisphere farmers and contractors, they're all competing for the same pool of shearing and, uh, and wool handling staff. Is, is, that the, is that a pretty big issue? Yeah, it is. I mean, um, you know, there's there's a, quite a host of um, UK and European shears um, try to get here over the the um, main shear period in New Zealand, and vice versa. Obviously, going backwards, but that pool is diminishing. Um, you know, the very much so. So we need to um, try and uh, broaden our horizons a bit and try and make things a bit easier for for these um, intense periods. 
I guess really we need to try and actually increase that pool if you're saying the pool's diminishing. You know, there are a certain amount of sheep that need to be shorn every year and is it about actually how do we attract more people to want to join the industry and so that that pool stays big enough to actually cope with the work demand? Yes, um, Rebecca, it's it's really, um, it would be a really big problem even if the sheep population um, you know, came to more than five percent, more than it is just now. Yeah. Um, then we, we really would be in trouble. So it's really important that we keep um, the training and these um, people coming through the system, so that we have enough to service the industry. Yeah, that sounds like quite a fine line. It's uh, that's not much of a lift, and then you'd be in trouble. So, no. what yeah. are you hoping? With working with the Aussies, what are you hoping to kind of achieve when it comes to coordination, management, supply of staff okay. across the two countries? Yeah, so um, the MOU allows us to work together with organisations that, you know, share the, our vision for the industry, which has always been to really deliver a recognised quality training. But also we can, we can exchange um, uh, the ideas, the... Um, trainers, uh, the consistency of training, the uh, delivery of training, so that the experience that the um, Australian shearers get when they come over here to go on a shearing course or whatever, wool handling course, that they, they, they're not confused by anything. They're getting the same consistent delivery of training. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and same in the other direction as well. Yeah, so we've come a little way, Tom, from the days of the uh, the narrow and the wide combs. Fair to say. <laughs> Gee, they yeah. were. I mean, I mean, you couldn't. Have, we couldn't have been more further apart. But what are we going back? Sort of sixties and early seventies when that was the uh, a huge issue, wasn't it? It certainly was, and it was it was quite scary at the time. But um, yeah. thankfully, uh, things have moved on, and we're a wee bit more. Um, friendly in, in that in that sense now. Yeah, yeah, it would, yeah, yeah, interesting because I remember, I guess when I was a kid I would get to go to the Golden Shears sort of late 70s I was when I was, and you could just, then there was just a sort of, um, the ice was starting to melt then, things with relationships were starting to improve and we were having the Trans-Tasman test again and uh, you could see the sort of respect uh, uh, returning, but gee, it, it, there were some pretty ugly stories back back in the day when, when we turned up yeah, there with well, it, yeah. Yeah, of course there was, and and you know the 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 sheep numbers in those days were, um, you know, twice of what they yeah. were they are today, and and the, the the amount of people that were there. So any small change was quite uh, radical to to the to the cheering population um, over there, and it was they they thought it was a threat to their their employment. So mm. you know, and but now you know over the years the. Australian teams have uh, performed at the Golden Shears and they've come on shearing courses with us and, and others, you know, over the years and, and recognised the, the the benefits um, and vice versa. We go over there to the fine wool sector over there and, and, and we draw knowledge off of them. So, I mean, it makes sense that we, we get a closer relationship and keep things going. Yeah. I'm interested, Tom, um, just from a farmer's point of view, obviously shearing's a big cost for us and 
uh, we certainly won't be going to any shedding wool kind of breed. <laughs> we'll be sticking with wool. However, thank you. <laughs> uh, um, I am interested, though. You know. We try and make our farm an attractive place to come. Our sharing contractor often seems to have trouble with staffing. As a farmer, what can we do to ensure that we're creating an environment or what are the things that we can do to make our farm somewhere that shearers want to come to uh, a good place to work, I guess? Or Are there things we can do with the sheep or with the shed? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's really... Um a common sense thing is, is facilities, toilets, um, you know, all that sort of stuff in a clean environment. Plus, um, you know, if the sheep are, are dagged properly and, and emptied out properly, then it um, actually minimises any um, any issues that can appear um, during shearing. Yeah, I feel like we, we're pretty pretty all over that stuff. Sometimes I take some baking down there to try and, you know, get them on site. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of, um, you know, these guys, are, uh, the shearers are working um, many days in, you know, in a row and it becomes a, a bit of a, a drag for them sometimes probably, but um, if they're going into a nice um, wool shed where, the machines and the machinery are well well maintained and everything's there. Um, they shouldn't have much problem, um, you know, being happy enough in the job, should I say. Mm-hmm. What about uh, where are we at with the uh, the cost of shearing? Because, uh, I mean, obviously the, the cost is going up and we're not really getting, well, for, for our strong wool, no respite really. Um, shearing prices are what up around by about twenty uh, percent. Tom, do you see that stabilising, or what's 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 your feel on the outlook for that? Yeah, I think it um, really it's it, it's been caused by the, the staff shortage, obviously in the peak periods, and and it's just pushed up the the wage rates, and and obviously that's passed on to the farmers, and and it, but on with, with that, it's it's also led to delays in the shearing because of the, 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 the contractor can't get to the farmer in, in, the, in a timely manner and it, that impacts on the farming practices and, and also I guess um, animal health in the long run and, and the wool quality so you know supplying of staff management is pretty critical during these periods and, and the the wage wages I, I would expect wouldn't shift too much in the near future. Um, I think it's where it is at the moment is um, right on 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 the top line. Yeah, Tom. Just looking at it, as funnily enough, I was uh, I had the uh, honour of speaking at uh, Fielding Agricultural High School FAHS at their sports oh, leavers yeah. event during the weekend. Uh, in the crowd was uh, a father by the name of uh, Kevin Scrubby Buckman, who was a fine shearer from Appity. Uh, I think yeah. he won the yeah. senior in about 1978, Kevin. And um, yeah. and I remember saying, I remember when I was starting out as a as a as a, as a learner shearer, and uh, this, the first hour, and I hear the I hear the um, the presser shout out uh, 60, and then when it got down to the fourth stand, it was me 21, and I went. How on earth will I ever get from 21 to 60 lambs on the hour? Anyway, long story short, I I said to myself, the speech was about 
the professional sports people that I had observed and the skills and their application. And I went to myself, the first thing I'd do if I was a young guy looking to go into shearing now is I know you have to do the fitness and the nutrition and everything, but your gear. That is so important. Uh, you know, is that what sort of, I guess I'm looking for, what would your advice be to the young guy looking to start out now? Yeah, look, um, the advice, obviously, from my perspective is, is you know, get on to shearing courses because, yeah. you know, the time you spend there is 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 nothing to what uh, the the actual financial rewards are uh, once you come off them. Yeah. And and it's been proven over and over again. And um, you know as well as I do, Hamish, that uh, the whole thing's a jigsaw. If one thing's not right, then yeah. the other won't fit in. So uh, to get that um, structure, then you really have to um, go on a course to get that drummed into you. And then once you're there, you, you refresh every year which used yep. to be the case, and that's why we have so many top uh, shearers in this country um, you know, today that they really apply themselves in that respect. Yeah. Um, competition shearing, this uh, should sort of be back full noise, I'd hope, this summer, Tom. That'll be the case, would it? Right across the country, yeah, hopefully. Well, uh, uh, we've got um, Alexandra Marino Shears coming up uh, next weekend, and obviously... Brilliant. Um, the follow-on to Waimati and all through Gisborne. So it's going to be a full programme, sharing sports events. So uh, we're looking forward to it. I think everybody's really over this, not doing anything and getting out there. I reckon people will really, you know, when you've been denied something that possibly take slightly for granted and then you don't have it for a year or two, uh, I reckon the interest will be huge again and hopefully the com- uh, competition numbers will be up there uh, for the sheer enjoyment of, of it as well. In fact, the uh, I even threatened, didn't I, to get my old, get, to get to, no, I wouldn't, I'd have to get somebody to set up a handpiece for me. My, my gear's too old now, and I might share it either Appity or the Auckland Easter show if they still do it. That's what I thought I might do. Just They might have yeah, some sort of... We'll probably a, hold you to that. Yeah, will there be a... Is there a sort of a, you know... Uh, be a, a veteran. A veterans. Yeah. I'm in that now. Uh, yeah. I'd, yeah. There is, yeah. actually, yeah. yeah. There'll be we one at Appity for real. Yeah. yeah. We used to have a speed yeah. share out at Pongaroa, but it hasn't been held for a few years, but I was thinking That's that right. I could... Um, yeah, get you out out there if we resurrect it. But um, we've got some great shearers locally who I've enjoyed yeah. following. Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Dave Buick is one. one. Um, oh, yeah. Dave's a very good shearer, isn't he? He's always yeah. there or thereabouts. Where's Johnny Kirkpatrick? He's not too far away from that part of the world, is he? Yeah, uh, Johnny's up in Napier. He's Napier, Hawks Bay, Yeah, he's boy. a little bit, yeah, little bit further. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, just Justin Bell's just down the road, and, yeah, Dave yeah. is almost our next-door neighbour, so. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, yeah, good. I won't be coming to Pongarara to win the speech here then, will I? Oh, almighty. <laughs> no. Hey, Tom. Yeah, good to know that, 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 that so much progress and collaboration uh, is happening, and uh, and we look forward to uh, catching up again in the not-too-distant future. Yeah. Much appreciated. Thank you. We're really excited about the whole thing, and thanks very much for the interview. Ah, no problem at all. Thank you. There we go. That is Elite Wool Industry Training, Training Chief Executive Tom Wilson there, himself, of course, a, a world champion shearer as well. Righty-ho, we'll uh, take a break uh, when we come back with Tread True from Carter's Tyres, an innovative real-time tyre management system. We can save up to 30% on every tyre in your fleet, carterstyres.co.nz 0800 4Carters. We're going to talk to Federated Farmers Mid-Canterbury Dairy Chair Nick Getter next.